0: friends this is cliff conite from equippers international thank you so much for listening to the podcast we want to lift up jesus and provide a place for you to learn more about him and to grow in your relationship with him if you find the podcast helpful feel free to share it with others we believe it will be a source of blessing and encouragement and you will be strengthened in your relationship with jesus episode of the Quippers International Podcast. We're working our way through the book of Romans, and we're getting there slowly but surely. We're in chapter 3. And we started in the last couple of episodes in the study of Romans looking at this very important paragraph. I mentioned that I think it's probably one of the most important and foundational paragraphs to the book where Paul begins to lay out for us how the righteousness of God has been manifested in the gospel and specifically what God has done to make his righteousness available to mankind through faith in Jesus Christ. And we spent some time in the last episode in talking about how important our faith is in regards to having right standing before God. So I'm not going to review any on that, but let's move on. I want to look at a couple very important parts of this passage. So let's get right into it in today's episode. I'm going to pick up there in verse 22. Paul says, For there is no distinction, verse 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God we've looked at it extensively. Paul has spent the first couple of chapters of Romans to build his case, so to speak, against humanity, showing them that they have all sinned. There is no distinction. No one can have any other position before God other than being a sinner. And we talked a little bit about what that actually looks like. It's not so much an account of every single individual sinful act that each person does, although that is very important. It's really a general condition of man. You know, Paul outlined it for us in Romans chapter 1. I'll read there in 21 through 23 again. He says, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and in their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanging the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. In short, man committed idolatry. He traded God's beautiful, creative design for man to live in humble, submitted relationship to him as a loving father, and they chose to go in their own way. They chose to embrace the futility of their own speculations and the foolishness in their own hearts, and they exchanged the glory of God. And I believe this is exactly what Paul meant when he says that they sinned and they fell short of God's glory. And so Paul makes it very clear for us that everyone has fallen into this condition of idolatry, a condition of sinfulness before God. And this is what God is going to reconcile in mankind. He's going to bring him back into proper standing, proper relationship with him. Now listen to what he says, very important, in verse 24 being justified as a gift by His grace. Now, I want you to focus on the contrast. I wanted to highlight this because this is, again, so important, and it's beautiful, and it's the heart of the gospel. We're guilty in sin, and we fall short of the glory of God. And what is God's response? He justifies us. This word justify is the same critical root word linked to the word righteousness and righteous and justification. It's all this same Greek word, and it has to do with being right. And God says, as a response to our sinfulness and our falling short, He says, because of my great love, I'm going to declare you right Listen to these verses, Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then listen to 2 Corinthians 5, 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. So God's responding in a completely unexpected and opposite way than you would think he would. This is the heart of the good news that while we were yet sinners, while we fell short of the glory of God, God, because he loves so deeply humanity, he loves us so perfectly. He says, I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you a gift that you don't deserve. I'm going to make make you right before me. And I'm going to do that by redeeming you through the blood of Jesus. Now, let's look specifically at what he says here in verse 24 at the end. He says that he justifies us as a gift by his grace. How? Through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Now, we're going to stop right there, not get into verse 25, because it's a very important verse and it's going to take some time for us to really dig into verse 25 and look at some very important terms. But let's think about this God gives us a grace, and that grace comes in the form of a gift of justification, a gift of being declared right before Him. And it comes Through redemption, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to spend the remainder of the episode and talk a little bit about this idea of redemption. Now, at its very root meaning, the idea of redemption has to do with a release that's effected by the payment of a ransom. So this is where a lot of people develop what's called the ransom theory of atonement, that God bought us back, that there was a price to be paid. Now, we need to be very careful that we don't misinterpret where the ransom was paid. There are some that fall into what I believe to be a trap, that some payment was made to the devil. I don't believe that God made the payment to a devil because I don't believe God is indebted to anybody. He's God. But he did make a payment based on his own self-made economy, if you want to put it that way. Let's look a little closer at what this idea of redemption means in the New Testament. Well, first of all, we see in 1 Corinthians 1.30, Paul says, by God's doing, we are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. There's our word. So Jesus becomes our redemption. Now, that doesn't really explain it specifically at this point. Now, there are a couple of references in Paul where he alludes to what I would call a future element or a future dynamic of redemption. In Ephesians 1 13 and 14, he says that we're sealed in Christ with the Holy Spirit of promise who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. So there it is. It's a futuristic thing. It is a view of the redemption of God's own possession. I personally believe that's individually our physical bodies and its also probably the redemption of his whole body, the body of Christ at the end of all things but notwithstanding Paul is talking about a futuristic element of redemption and then again in Ephesians 4 30 he says do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption it seems as though Paul's alluding to a future day in which we will ultimately experience our redemption, our being bought back and being Reclaimed by God. But until then, the redemption works in a very specific way in this life. Now, I want to look at two verses that I think really define redemption specifically for us and begin to make sense of all this in light of how we understand the gospel. So Paul defines redemption specifically in two different verses, Ephesians 1.7 and Colossians 1.14. They're very similar verses, but I want to read both of them. He says in Ephesians 1.7, "...in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace." It's very much what he's just said in Romans. He talks about the grace gift. He talks about the redemption through Jesus Christ, through his blood. He's going to pick that up in Romans 3.25. We'll see that in the next episode, and we're going to talk about the blood of Jesus. But Paul links redemption specifically to what happened when Jesus shed his blood, and that is the forgiveness of sin. And in Colossians 1.14, he does the same thing. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness, and he transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So in both of these verses, Paul says redemption is the forgiveness of our trespasses or forgiveness of our sins. So redemption, the purchasing back into freedom comes when God forgives sin. This is so beautiful and it's so important to understand as the foundation of the gospel. Now, I'm not going to have time to go into all the dynamics of the forgiveness of God, but let me just be very clear and very succinct here. When Jesus Christ shed his blood... Jesus fulfilled a covenant agreement with the Father. And that agreement went something like this. And if you want to understand it more, you need to go read and study the book of Hebrews, especially the center chapters, chapters 7, 8, 9, 10 of Hebrews. And I go into this in detail in the previous series we did on the book of Hebrews on the podcast. So you can go back and listen to it. But specifically, the Father and the Son made an agreement. And the agreement was simply that if Jesus Christ will fulfill what is required, then God will forgive all sins. This was the very nature of the new covenant that he made with the house of Israel. He said, I will forgive your sins and I will remember them no more. It is the foundation of the gospel message that God... While man was sinful and while he was lost in his sin and while he was dead in his sin and while he was fallen short of the glory of God, God comes along and does the unspeakable. He forgives He forgives all sin for all time. This is the power of what happened at the cross. This is why it was such a cosmic event, if you can put it that way, that in Christ, when God was reconciling us to himself, he forgave all sins. He didn't just forgive some sins. He forgave all sins for all time through one sacrifice, And Jesus put an end to the need of any other sacrifice, and the forgiveness of God was complete. And this is what redemption means. God bought back humanity in his sinful condition, in his idolatry, in his guilt, in his undeserving condition to be in right standing with him. God simply says, I forgive you. It's such a powerful truth, the power of God's forgiveness. Now we focus a lot on forgiveness in our daily lives and how important it is as Christians to forgive each other. And I believe that it's very important to be in right relationship with each other and to walk continually in forgiveness. But when I teach on forgiveness as the center point of the gospel, we focus on the vertical relationship with God. Yes, there's a lot to be said about the horizontal relationship between man and fellow man. But this is not the part of the gospel that Paul's driving at here. He's talking about the redemption of man with God. God has forgiven, and this is the power of the gospel. And I want you to reflect today on the beauty and of the power of God's forgiveness in your life. It is not conditional on anything that you and I can do. The only condition that the forgiveness of God rests on is the finished shed blood of Jesus. When Jesus shed the blood, God forgave the sins. And when you and I rest in this truth, we can live in the assurance that we're forgiven And as a result, we are redeemed. And because we are redeemed, we have full access to the righteousness of God. So you begin to see how all these things play in to the central themes of the gospel. God has demonstrated his righteousness and done something in Jesus Christ that could not be done in any other way. And then he provides this amazing free gift of grace to us that if we will simply believe in what he has done, we will receive the fullness of his forgiveness, which is the redemption of our lives, and we can live fully and wholly before him right righteous accepted without any other condition this is the raw simple gospel and it's a place that i believe we need to continually revisit and hold ourselves in because it's so easy to slip out of this place of simplicity it's so easy to make it more complicated than it was ever meant to be so i want you to consider these beautiful truths today and be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.